coming up in this week's episode of Deleted Scenes. I said, James, do you want to break into the studio because Mike Key unlocks the door? And one of the most iconic characters of all time. It just killed it because they put nipples on. <laughs> they are, they invented fa- the minion They are a Facebook mom. There are four Pinocchios coming out this year. What? Four! Will Smith, stop. My news report from this side of the desk, it's all gone to shit! I know full well it's gonna end with Shrek TikTok dancing. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Hello there, I'm James, and welcome back to Deleted Scenes, a show where we talk about movies to a wall and sometimes guests. And this is a special occasion because this is the first face-to-face deleted scenes I've done. It's nearly, like, because I think the podcast is like a year old in like a month. Oh my god, happy birthday! Yeah, it's gonna be weird, so I need to figure out something planned for that. But uh, yeah, so finally got one that isn't on Zoom, and it isn't me staring at my lovely wall, because I just, that is my only friend when it comes to making You now don't have that tagline where I talk to a wall, you actually get to talk to me now face to face. (laughs) It's scary. (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, we just decided, like, we literally have nothing to do here on campus. We have college work we should be doing, but we're not doing it at the minute, but um. Yeah, we decided we'd come in, we'd sit down, we'd record an episode. Uh, one thing I wanted to do early January was, obviously a staple of a lot of film reviewer things, is doing your most anticipated of the year sort of thing. And there is quite a lot coming out this year that does look very good. There's one or two I'm going to mention that look very bad. <laughs> oh, but, I didn't uh, think of any bad ones. Oh, I have uh, ample ones of those. Oh my God, it's going to be interesting, but... Obviously, I'm very movie-orientated, but the one thing Jack has always brought to the podcast is he knows like TV absurdly well compared to me. So. I'm also here, by the way. I don't, I, I'm, yeah. just sit, I'm just sitting here. Oh, I, yeah. It was probably, my, I'll probably intro it, you. It was, yeah. it was my, you put it in a very polite way. In more, a, more of a brutally honest what happens, I said, James, do you want to break into the studio because my key unlocks the door? So instead of doing college I mean, work, we broke it, into the studio. Is it breaking <laughs> and entering if we didn't break anything? It's just entering. It's it was just entering. A, it was out of hours access. Yeah. Because we had the we've got the golden key card, so in we fucking this went. Is deleted scenes after hours. After hours. This is well, this is after hours. We yeah. should get a can and sit down here and relax. Oh, uh, that's that that's what we're gonna do next time. Oh, it's gonna happen. But you obviously were on the two T V episodes, mm-hmm. mainly the uh twenty twenty one T V wrap up we did there last time and that went really well. So I thought why not instead of looking back, we look ahead and we take a look at some of the his most anticipated TV shows as well. You're, I trust that you represent the entirety of the world in terms of your taste for TV. I've got a Jeanette. I have two lists in front of me. I have my personalized list and I have the public's list. So I'm hoping I can do well here. Very nice. I, f- I forgot that we actually looked back. I have the same list up that I used for when we looked back. Oh, yeah? And I've got some that apply for looking forward. Oh, nice. All right. We break this down. How we do this? Like, we both have lists each. I don't know how many you have on yours. I've like... Because some of these ones I'm going to talk about and other ones I'm just going to probably throw in and mention. Like, I've like... <laughs> Yeah, 15 things, but I'm going to talk about like five probably. But we'll just see how we go with you, time. You get, you get the ball rolling, James. Let well, me know. Get to, let me test the waters here. Yeah, I suppose my most... Uh, should I start with the biggest one? Or yeah, should I say yeah. that? Oh, yeah. It's very apparent for most people that, in my opinion anyways, the my most anticipated film of the year, and it has been for a while because it was meant to come out last year as well, The Batman. Now, The Batman... Obviously, Batman is like has so many iterations of him, right? Is this like, called The Batman? It's called The Batman. <laughs> what is that sound kind of Bollywood? <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It's very much like... <laughs> the I, Batman. <laughs> that sounds really Bollywood. It's like, okay, we're going to make a Batman movie. No, it's, 
We're gonna kill the Batman. The Spider-Man. <laughs> the Spider-Man. I'm waiting for MCU reboot and just as the Iron Man. Oh my god, the Iron Man. I will say, putting the word the at the start of Suicide Squad made it a dramatically better movie. So maybe this It's work. worked in the past. It's worked in the past and it has been proven. But, yeah, so the Batman. It is the newest iteration of Batman. And um, obviously we've had a lot of Batman. We've had between old ones like Adam West and then you go into the era of... Michael Keaton, many people consider golden era, and you have Val Kilmer for a bit. You have George Clooney in Batman and Robin, which was very... George Clooney was Batman at one point? He was in Batman and Robin, one of the most... Uh, I don't even know. It was, it was, it's a movie that is so horrible that I absolutely adore it. It's the one where um, Mr. Freeze is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he does all the ice puns. Oh, my, oh my oh God, that was a bad time for movies. Yeah, it was. It literally it killed Batman. In terms of, there were no Batman movies for until like Christopher Nolan. I'm not and surprised. Like, it, it literally killed it. Stone, one of the most iconic characters of all time. It just killed it because they put nipples on him. <laughs> oh, and um, oh, lots. Yeah, and then we got to Chris Nolan, obviously, and that's very obviously that's my favorite era of Batman. Like that was the one I sort of grew up with, I suppose. Mm. And uh, onto well, we had also Ben Affleck as um, in like the DCEU. I have my opinions on that. Uh, Ethan. The Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's, it's not a good movie. I heard, I've heard the two of these lads go yeah. off at each other I, in I, comic book stores, and I was just like, the I don't know funniest what's thing, like, Ethan accidentally shot himself in the foot because he was the one who pestered me to watch it because I didn't like um, the original Justice League. So basically, because what happened was there was a family tragedy with Zack Snyder, so we had to go and okay. deal with that. And Joss Whedon stood in. Mm. Joss Whedon's a terrible person, uh, so we've very recently found out. It's like ugh, some of the stuff he did. Oh, but um, he made a really, like, the film was terrible. The okay. film was genuinely terrible. It was really messy. This one is Zack Snyder's version, obviously. So it's like he's putting all his creative influences into it. Hmm. But it's four yeah. hours long. Whoa. It's four hours long. Jesus. It could have been a TV show. But what I'm getting at... That's I don't, in I, the Wolf of Wall Street territory. Exactly. I watched that the other week and I was always falling asleep by the end of it. And it's like, I'm not going to make this podcast about Zack Snyder's Justice League. But basically, Ethan shot himself in the foot because he made me watch that movie. And he thought I'd like it, and I really didn't. And he <laughs> hates it every single time I say I don't like it. And he's just like, no, no. <laughs> like, I had to sit through that. My bladder, my stomach, that, this my is legs. What when the two of you talk about this four-hour movie, I now know what it is. Yeah. I always just heard the outside of a conversation. I had no idea what these two were on about. Like, Basically, it's just not a good movie. It's, it's not good. <laughs> so, if it's four hours, you're taking... That's two movie it's, territory. It's taking the piss. And like, I, I just don't like... But that's not it, basically. So that's the, where we stop. That's the last of a Batman experience I've had Ben Affleck he's a fine Batman I didn't he's, he's grand I'm really excited about the Batman because mm. this is a completely different take so as I said you've had the crazy goofy ones with Batman and Robin you've had the dark and gritty with stuff like Christopher Nolan now we're looking at what has been described as a detective noir horror Batman. Okay. so the thing with this is Batman the one thing they never really represented for me was the fact like obviously he punches people in the face dressed as a bat and like he's you know his parents died and stuff but one of the main things that never gets brought up really besides like a side thing every now and again, he has the title of the world's greatest detective. That is... Oh, I didn't know he was that. Yeah. To be honest, you never know what Batman is. He's just this fella who kind of just lips around the place punching fellas in the face. Like, like, you never know what he's actually doing. Like, you just wake up in the morning for the crack and do this. Like, I never understood. Exactly. And so with this one, he is played by Robert Pattinson. A lot of people were concerned about that, but the director, Matt Reeves, has said he's directed, like, you know, those most recent Planet of the Apes films. Yeah. So he did those. He said that if you know uh, Robert Pattinson only because of Twilight, you're going to obviously hate the idea of him. But if you've seen everything after, you will understand fully why. I've seen stuff like The Lighthouse recently. Yeah. He is 
completely changed in terms of like when you give him a good script, he he can act. He was really good in stuff like The Lighthouse, so I'm very excited to see him. And another reason I'm excited is because this is going to be based on a comic called Batman Year One. What Batman Year One is, it's Batman, a young Batman. It's not like Ben Affleck where it's all grizzled and like, you know, like angry, I suppose. It is very much young Batman who's young and angry. And he <laughs> isn't fully, you know, like he's more, he's less stoic. He's less restrained. Yeah. Batman has a no-kill rule because it obviously makes him a criminal. It if, makes if he gives in, he becomes what he's going against. Exactly. And the description for that has always been his moral compass saying, no, I will never kill someone. With this one, he is literally just holding back that every time. He wants to kill everyone. That is like what has been said, where it's like he actively wants to kill the criminals, but mm. he is holding back out of sheer, like, you know, anger. Mm. Like he's holding back the beast. So it's going to be an interesting case. But if you look at the trailer, there is one bit where he punches a man's face so many times. You're surprised that like the guy is like, alive. Is alive. Yeah. Like Batman always leaves people unconscious. But like, I mean, like they're always probably internal bleeding and everything like that. Like I don't I think he's killed multiple people basically in the film. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and um, yeah, with this one. So it's going to be more brutal Batman and like the stuff like, you know, the Batmobile. So in the mm. like it's recently been depicted as a big old tank nearly oh um like in the like in the nolan ones and like the more recent Zack snyder ones and everything that has guns and everything like that yeah this is a muscle car this is a full-on souped up car. they're bringing it back to basics to back what it to used basics. to be and like even the back cave it's based in i think like an underground train station sort of area oh, that's like, nice. like that's so there's all idea. this sort of cool nice stuff aesthetic. where it's like it's clear that he isn't fully experienced you yeah. know and you're putting this batman up against who Always, obviously, like I've told you plenty and plenty of times before, my favorite villain of all time is the Riddler. A lot of people would think the Joker. The Joker, obviously, is very iconic as well. But the Riddler is often overlooked for how feckin' terrifying he is as a character. People always think of the Jim Carrey version from Batman Forever, and he's we're running around wearing skin-tight leotard with uh, loads of question marks everywhere and all mm. that. I'm thinking more of comic book Riddler, of... Uh, in particular, in um, stuff like Batman the Animated Series, and also, did you you know Telltale, like the Walking Dead yeah. game company? They made a Batman game, and did in they? that, the Riddler is in it, and he is basically what he's like in this new movie. He is the Zodiac Killer. He is Jigsaw, basically, because he gives you these terrifying puzzles where if you obviously don't, you know get the thing right, you're going to die. And, like, these are really great. Like, in the game, for instance, like, he was cutting off Fable's fingers and everything. Jigs- like, Jigsaw, no, who is it? Um, Telltale make very good games. They do. They make very good they stuff. They went under, but I think they're coming back now. Really? So, like, there was a whole... I'm not surprised. They didn't throw out anything in a while because yeah. I hadn't heard from them in a long time, actually. But if you if you want a game recommendation, play those two Batman ones because genuinely okay. really, really good. But, yeah, they're doing the one thing I've always wanted to see and I really wanted to see it with the Nolan ones originally before, like, obviously that finished up so they couldn't do it. They're making a scary Riddler because in this, even the first shot you see of him is in this trailer is him taping up a man's face with duct tape. Ah. It gets to like that level. But the thing is, he has written on it stuff like he has like messages everywhere. So there's a creepy like birthday card and it just says to the Batman in scribbly writing and everything. God. It's, it's very much going to be what the Dark Knight was, where the Dark Knight was always this interplay between Batman and Joker. Like, mm. they, like you know, it was like yin and yang sort of thing. And it's like, they're both, like... Because when you think about it, the Riddler, really brutal and, like, you know, obviously, like, criminal and that, and, like, wanting people to, like, solve all his riddles. And I don't exactly know his ends, but he'll obviously have something that links back to probably Bruce Wayne or something like that. Mm. And then on the other side, you have Batman, 
who is equally brutal just on the other side of that coin where it's like he's doing it for justice or what he perceives. Both, yeah. uh, both of them are perceiving it as justice. Both of them aren't doing great work, but yeah. one of them just has different means to the other. Exactly. And it's even when you look at stuff like there's a line and it's something about like, you know, like there's a whole thing around the marketing. Why won't Batman unmask? Like mm. the Riddler just keeps asking, like, you know, what's the price for the law's blind eye? And it's like, you know, why if you're justice, why do you lie? And like. Yeah. Sort of all that stuff. So I'm very, very excited. And then there's stuff like, did you see Colin Farrell as the Penguin? No. They, I, I'm literally like, I don't know if you can look it up there. I'll Google it. Because the prosthetics on that, he looks unrecognizable. It is unbelievable. And I'm so excited to see him in it as well. Like, it is just, I have no idea how they turned Colin what? Farrell. In. I know. <laughs> I'm just looking at what? your face. <laughs> That's Colin Farrell. Huh? Under like a bunch of makeup. That's... And it's just... It's, the amount of prosthesis on his face. Like, he looks so... He looks like Jesus. the penguin. That's the thing. He looks like the penguin, genuinely. I think uh, that's going to be really exciting. And... Oh my God. <laughs> they made his hairline recede, the poor fella. He my just, God. He got done over dirty there. Like, that's it, where it's like, I'm just... They seem to be using characters that I've always wanted to see. Like, in the, like I love even Danny DeVito's, like, Batman Returns Penguin, where he's, like, the wah, wah, like sort of creepy, like, you know, mm. thing. But I always wanted to see, I love The Dark Knight because it focuses on the mafia and the mobsters and all sort of that sort of stuff. So mm. to see that version of Penguin as well, I think it's going to be really exciting. But um, to prevent myself from lingering too long <laughs> on this one film, I'm going to just really quickly say as well, Michael, G- Michael Giacchino is um, doing the soundtrack for this, or the OST score, and... It is unbelievable from what I've heard. The You're two, a good man for a soundtrack. The two James songs, and stuff. The two songs that came out. So there's the Batman theme and there's the Riddler theme. They are just triumphant. They're so like the ca- you know when a song just captures a vibe. Yeah. These are just so foreboding and just c- nearly scary. Okay. Like, and that is the one thing that a lot of people were describing it coming out of the cinema as like so this film's around three hours long. Mm. It's a as what people have said was a noir horror detective film. And that's what I'm so excited for. It looks like it's going to be Batman scary, Riddler scary, and just a proper world's greatest detective story where Batman is actually doing detective work, following clues and everything. He isn't just going from one room to the next, punching people until someone tells him where to go. Like, I mean, I'll probably play a part, but it's very clear that he's working with the police and he's working with all these people. And uh, Mm. it looks so good. And I really hope it doesn't crash and burn because I'm putting a lot of money on this. Uh, it's one of those it's going to be on the list of things I gotta watch uh, uh, genuinely and it's uh, the one thing the only best thing about it in my opinion hit me it's not like the MCU it's not like the DCU Go, can, I pick, can I jump into it having not seen any of the movie not seeing anything good it is finally not, my prayers are answered it is not connected to a oh, single thing finally and somebody's if, figured it out if I could just get another superhero trilogy like mm-hmm. that it's meant to be a, like as I said yeah noir detective story if it can somehow be another winter soldier or another like yeah the dark knight and have something that isn't actively superheroes Mm. and something that like you know my parents would actually want to sit down and watch or something like that like you know explore other genres whilst also having the characters like i'm just yeah absurdly excited for it i'm not gonna linger any longer on it because i realize how long i've just been talking about the batman this is what i was warning about but um, all evening i'm in no rush how about we roll on to you what would be something you were TV coming out this year it only dawned on me as we were as we were preparing because mm-hmm. I pulled up a list of just like an article of everything coming out but then I have also my yeah. own personalised list one thing that hasn't been around in so so long has been The Bodyguard by the BBC Richard Madden 
Is that him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't had. We haven't had. I can't. I genuinely can't remember because it's been so long <laughs> I since it's been out. I only know him from Eternals. I haven't seen the Bodyguard. I know of it, and I know of it's like you know how good it is meant to be. Yeah. And the, like, the reason I sound like I'm all the way over here is because we have the full studio. We have the full back. studio. So we have like gear. We have t- we have it is computers. It is. We have the lot. I have a big slider board. It's terrifying. <laughs> Richard Richard Madden. Yep, yeah. there he is. Yeah, yeah. Icarus and Eternals. <laughs> why? Wh- wh- why? It hasn't been out since 2019. 2019. Twi- that, that's pre-pandemic. No, 2018. 18. Oh. And we have been promised a season two year after year after year. It's 2022. Where's my next season? It originally released on the 26th of August through to the 23rd of September 2018. And it's finally coming out? We've heard, we heard that last year. Yeah. But then they just openly said, no. He Nobody on the set speaks except for Richard Madden. Mm-hmm. He, le- he vaguely, without ripping up his contract, said, yeah. it's being made. It has been delayed. It's coming. Yeah. And the best people can guess was late last year, early this year. Mm-hmm. That show is the best grossing BBC show ever. 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 BBC. Pe- the British Broadcast. They turned 100 yeah. this year. Yeah. Like. The best thing they've ever done in terms of ratings and um, and profit has been The Bodyguard. And it's, had one, it's had one season and it's had six episodes. Jenny, man. And it's the best grossing thing they've ever released, and they haven't given us the second season. The BBC own the likes of Carnation Street, the longest running soap in the world. The BBC own Top Gear, one of the best car car um, programs in the world. They own countless things, and yeah. I think the one thing that has done so so well for them, they have not gone and re-released, and I think it's gone too long. Because I am excited for the second season, yeah. but I don't know if anyone else shares my excitement. That's the thing, like. For, I'll get you to explain what the bodyguard is because I've mm. only seen it through Gogglebox. Okay. But I'm just in shock. Uh, specifically what you said, how it's six episodes. It's a, it's a, it's a perfect. It's the perfect amount. Yeah. Mm. That sounds like something I'd actually watch. <laughs> it's perfect. I rewatched it in yeah. two days because I was bored last mm-hmm. year. It's perfect. Um, I'm not going to give away spoilers. Oh, no worries. I'm not going to give away spoilers. So it's basically, he's a bodyguard, I'm guessing. He is a bodyguard to uh, the right-hand man of the Prime Minister, let's say. Or I think Ah. it's the Prime Minister. It's been that long. I can't remember. Uh, He's a police sergeant, David Budd. Yeah. uh, An army veteran suffering from PTSD, blah, blah, blah. As the principal protection officer for um, Julia Montague, who is a politician. And she's... she's, um, but he, she's like, um, not a polit- all politicians are, but she's, um, she's kind of, she does things more abstract than everybody else would. Yeah. So she pushes the envelope, basically. Uh, and he that. was assigned as her protection duty. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's drama. It's got love in it. It's gripping. It's mm-hmm. gripping beyond belief because I've, I think there's a running theme in all the TV shows I watch. It will take turns and twists you don't expect. There are so many twists in that series. So many you think that would just call it off and scrap it that Mm -hmm. you do not expect. And they don't, they give you no sense of clarity when season one ended. There was no, like, it was obviously a cliffhanger, but it was so much of a cliffhanger. Like, there's not, there's not, nothing's been answered. It's like they just upped and left. Yeah. I'm I'm in shock. So he's, he's the protection officer for this woman. Mm Mm-hmm. Julia, and 
a lot happens, a lot transpires. There's there's corruption within the government that then leads to crime, that leaks into his own personal life, and it puts the general public in danger. Terrorism, betrayal, everything like that is all twisted into one. And Whoa. the first episode will pull you in. The first yeah. episode starts with him on a train and he finds a bomb threat. Oh. And it's this really gripping first 10 minutes that will keep you there and, and it stays like that then throughout. It's perfect. It's perfect. But it hasn't been here. So we're that, finally getting another. I, I, I cross my fingers, but I wouldn't. Netflix agreed to a distribution deal to broadcast the show outside of the UK and Ireland. So unless Netflix dig us out of a hole here, I think we're fucked. But I want it back. And I'm going to take this rumor as the most the most um, recent one. Yeah, that if that comes back, like because I, I, I've known about the bodyguard, but like that's thing, I've known how prolific it's been. But yeah, as I said, you just hear nothing about it. Yeah. So like the thing is, you, the reason why you don't hear anything about it is because there's only six episodes. Yeah. And so much happens in those six episodes, you can't really tell anyone anything without yeah. giving away a spoiler. Every episode contains a spoiler. There's no safe episode because they've only got six. They're not hanging around here. They get right to it. So there's no filler whatsoever. There's no filler episodes. There's no episode that's a bit wiffly waffy. Every single one, bang, bang, bang. There's no hanging around. So it's really hard to talk about it because it will ju- you'll give something away. Yeah. The, the first 10 minutes when he is on the train are the only safe 10 minutes. Everything after that you can't speak of because you could ruin it. And you can't actually ruin it. You can't speak on it because it will ruin it. I will try and watch that then. Cause that's it's generally. only six episodes. It's very easy to get stuck into. And the new it's season hopefully will be coming out. Hopefully coming out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, look, what, what can we do? What can we do? Right. I'm going to move on to... I'm not doing these in any particular order. There's a movie I'm going to talk about later that will probably come next in terms of second place, but I'm going to leave that till later just because I want to save a bigger one till later. Did you ever hear of a film known by the name of The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent? No. This is the most insane premise for a movie I have heard in a while. So the basic... I'm actually going to even... like I'm, I'm, pu- I'm pulling it up here. I'm going to read out the synopsis just because, like, it is a doozy. <laughs> I've, got, I've got it here. Oh, do you want to read the synopsis? Unf- unfulfilled and facing, fu- facing financial ruin, actor Nicolas Cage accepts a $1 million offer to attend a wealthy fan's birthday party. Things take a wildly unexpected turn when CIA operative recruits Cage for an unusual mission, taking on the role of a lifetime he soon finds himself chal- challenging the most iconic and beloved characters to save himself and his loved ones. What? There's so many things just happened. So basically, this is a movie where Nick Cage has to apparently escape a crazy superfan played by Pedro Pascal by embodying the past roles that he has been in. And if you've seen his past catalogue, like stuff like Face Off, National Treasure, and like just all these abs- ghost <laughs> Like, I mean, who knows what films he's going to actually do. Vampire's Kiss is one of the most insane films you'll ever watch. He, like, that's the thing. He goes so absurdly over the top in so many of his past roles that it is very likely we are going to see a side of Nick Cage we have not seen in Jesus. years. And I am just so unbelievably excited for it. Do you know the biggest sort of advertisement for it I've seen besides the actual like premise and trailer? Hit me. Nick Cage doesn't want to watch it because it is too much for him. It is too much Nick Cage for Nick Cage. He said that apparently it is because it's an it's an exaggerated version of himself. He, pr- he produced it. He was one of the producers. Exactly. In the film. But he it's an exaggerated version of himself. But it's real enough that it put him off. Oh God. 
in terms of oh, like, wow. cause, like I mean Nick Cage has done crazy things He's he owns a crow like I mean he bought like mansions he bought like a, I think he had a pet octopus for a while he had this insane pink jacket he wasted so much money on so many crazy I think he bought voodoo stuff and everything like he, he has a crazy lifestyle and this movie was too crazy for him my god like I don't think I could I don't think someone saying they don't want to watch a movie could make a better recommendation than Nick Cage saying yeah if too it's too movie. heavy for the actor themselves you know it's going to be good oh, and it's just like it's one of those ones where it's like we don't get original movies anymore Yeah, it's always a remake it's always a reboot or something I'm probably going to have a podcast episode soon where I just rip into the Matrix Resurrections because <laughs> mother of God but besides the point this is the most original premise I've heard for a film in years and on that alone, even if it's terrible, like some of those Nick Cage movies, like Vampire's Kiss is one of those so bad it's good movies. Mm. And like, you just have so much potential. Because uh, like, as I said, if you were going to have a character embody a bunch, of, if you're going to have like an actor embody all their past roles, Nick Cage has had such a wild career that you, like there is so much potential to grab the craziest people, but then you have stuff like even an Oscar snub there like I'm infuriated by the Oscars this film he was in Pig where it's just one of the most somber saddening films I've ever seen but it's also so deeply beautiful in a weird way like he can he knows how to act really well yeah but at the same time like he can really do a really realistic emotional performance but his back catalogue is full to the brim of him just throwing everything at the wall and going absolutely nuts mm. and if we can get another one of those because I haven't seen an absolutely nuts Nick Cage in a while yeah and if I can see that like I think the most recent one he was in this thing Willy's Wonderland where he just plays like you know that game Five Nights at Freddy's yeah it's basically him just going around killing a bunch of animatronics it's meant to be pretty bad but like that's the thing he has not been in a crazy role like he's, been bit, he's been fairly reserved. He's been fairly reserved. He's been crazy in his real life, but not so much on the big screen. So if, even if it's bad, I think this is going to be a beautiful experience. <laughs> It'll be know. something new anyway. It'll be something new. It'll be new. something new. It's a concept I've never even heard. Yeah. I actually have heard of that because when you were t- telling it to me, I remember actually hearing about this. Yeah. Even I heard about this. So exactly. You, yeah. And when I hear about it, you know it's important. Because I remember the rumors of it, and I was like, "That isn't a movie. That's a that's that's, that's a, a pe- shit that's a thing I found in the back of Reddit somewhere. That's exactly. just some fella's opinion." And now it's happening, and I'm very excited. For it. April 2022. That's your release date. It's, oh April, my god! It's soon. April because mm-hmm. I know the Batman's in Mar- Oh my god! Movies are happening. But James again, is happy out. The letterbox oh, is going to be filling up this year be, again. Oh my god! Yeah, so, I can only wait. Do you want to move on to your next TV right. thing? I guess. We'll hit it. We'll hit another one. The one because it's I may not watch it anymore, but I feel like it's something we have to mark. Yeah. The Walking Dead are finally closing the book. Oh, they're the finishing. Fi- the final season is coming out on the twentieth of February. It's actually very close. Ten, eleven days away from the time of us recording this. Eleven seasons. I mean, like eleven seasons. I don't AMC. Mean... Eleven seasons. It seems pretty dead on its feet. And they've <laughs> had so many spin-offs. So yeah. many. So I was in them. I was driving through town the yeah. other day, and it's the only reason I remember this because I remember there was a discussion about it. and It was like eleven seasons. Like we watched the first three, mm-hmm. and then we got bored, and then there was a spinoff, and then there was a spinoff, and then there was a spinoff. They're making another Walking Dead the movie. Yeah, they're making movies to connect in with Rick Grimes, I think. Yeah, and then they're making side character spinoffs. It's doing what Breaking Bad did, where Breaking Bad was good to a point. Yeah. Then they realize, oh my God, Better Call Saul can get a better spinoff. Yeah. And Better Call Saul has overtaken the original um, uh, Breaking Bad now, I think. And yeah. for viewers too, it's like blown out of the water. That's wild. So uh, this is just what's... It's just 
11 seasons was too... I'm glad they're closing the book, but it's way too late. Like, way yeah. too late. That was... And I just felt like... I felt with um, The Walking Dead, the characters were never consistent. Really? There was never a storyline I could follow. It was a case of... It's not like you'd miss one episode and a million people have died. And there's a brand new cast brought in. Yeah. And nothing was ever cohesive between any of the spin-offs or any of the feature-length films or any of the games even. Nothing was yeah. ever cohesive. It was so hard to keep track of what was happening. And I remember I watched the first three seasons and I think around season two somewhere I missed an episode. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was just a train wreck from there. And I was like, I was struggling to keep up and I was like, I feel like I'm running on a treadmill that's moving too fast for me here. Yeah. So I'm going to pull out. And I did. And what, eight seasons later, they're finally calling it like, oh my God. Oh Christ. And yeah. like, because I've, I have never watched The Walking Dead. I've played the Telltale games that we were saying about, but like, mm. I've never watched it. But I've seen people watch it in terms of I've heard the locker room conversations mm. and stuff and even the whole cliffhanger with Negan and stuff like that like yeah. all these different things like there's all they always go for like the big oh marketable moment sort of thing like you know like yeah. and they never actually seem to have gone for the story like as I said like I never got into it but it's one of those ones where I'm glad I never got yeah. into it all they ever did in their seasons was create a big cliffhanger to incite, entice you to come back there yeah. was never a reason for the cliffhanger to be there it would just be lol they're dead guess yeah. what explosion unexplained chaos <laughs> not relating to the story clearly you can see this is a cash grab for the yeah. next season I mean lads it was just so inconsistent. I'm glad they're putting that to bed because that is one. That's one thing I'm not happy and also happy about that's coming out because it means it can finally just feck off because we've had enough of it the Walking die. Dead. <laughs> it can go. It can go away. And I have another one. I'm just as livid, but yeah. I'll get that to you after. Oh you no! Go again next. If you want to go ahead, like while you're on your snowball, this, this one is going to be bad. Is this it? Don't bad. The, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is getting a reboot. I saw. Bel Air it's based off like some guy's like um, concept trailer that he did yeah. like just as a project and it's just like yeah. why do why does it need to be Bel Air of all things yeah. it, I would say if they changed all the names it would make a pretty good show I'm pretty sure it's gonna be fine it's, it's being be. directed by Will Smith himself it's and it's based off Morgan Cooper is the filmmaker yeah. who made a four minute short film yeah. I'm sorry if you can justify a fucking reboot off a four-minute short film. Yeah. No, stop. Will Smith, mm-hmm. stop. He's about to ruin. He's about to tank any kind of relatability and credibility the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air ever had. I know mm-hmm. people are going to despise this when it comes out because you don't fuck with history. If yeah. it worked... Don't fix it. And for the love of Lord, don't base it off a four-minute short film. I'm sure the short film was brilliant, but there's a reason it was a short film. It wasn't an amateur filmmaker doing a whole season. And then when the star of it also produces it, no, no. It just, because, I I mean, I haven't seen this show, but like in terms of, it looks like they're trying to make Fresh Prince into Euphoria Mm -hmm. in a weird way. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, and I know full well, like, as you said, yeah, like, people are going to hate it. Like, the people who love the original show are going to hate it. I can already tell that, like, the TikTok generation are going to love it. <laughs> it takes place in uh, modern scenarios, yeah. not 90s nostalgia. It's, it's, it's just the fact that it's like, why can't we leave things alone? Why can't we just leave it alone? Yeah. Why do we have to feck with it, like? It's just... Why? Because it was such a period thing it was such a perfect encapsulation of the 90s yeah and like just it's all uh, we grew up with it people yeah. before us grew up with it the generation can just watch it back 
Yeah. We're not redoing The Godfather because it was once a great film. It was. And it's done. It's done. Leave it. Exactly. Leave it. No, no. Sex in the City, fucking horrible. Yeah. Friends, fucking horrible. Every reboot they've tried, disaster. It fell clean on its face. Clean. And it's always nostalgia. And it's always yeah, just like, hey, look. The, the, all these remakes are just actively trying to remind you they did it better before. Yeah. The, the nail in the coffin, mm-hmm. it premieres on Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. The highest viewership of the year for America, they thought that we're going to premiere it then. I see in one mind, you want to get the highest amount of viewers you can. Yeah. But if it's, if, you're, if you're that confident, you shouldn't need to rely on Super Bowl Sunday. It should just carry its own weight. I feel like they'll get a huge amount on the pilot yeah. and it'll just plummet. plummet yeah. Season episode two, three, plummet. They're, they're, they're banking for networks that, oh, we'll get you viewers. And obviously, <laughs> you're going to get viewers. It's Super Bowl weekend, yeah. especially on the Sunday. But then after the pilot, it'll just flop and fall. This thing won't ever see the light of a season two. I guarantee it. I guarantee, guarantee it. it. I'm going to step back away from the mic. I'm too heated here. <laughs> Jesus. Something see, came over me there. This is why I like getting you on the podcast. Something came like, over me there. Oh, my you, God. You, you, like, you have the power behind your voice. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I really got riled up by that now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I guess to move on to... One that I saw a trailer for, like, when it came out, like, I knew this film was coming out for a while, and I've been, like, even there, today we were studying in film theory and history auteurs. Now, what an auteur is, is basically, you know, you're Alfred Hitchcock's, you're, like, Stanley Kubrick's, you're, like, director trying to take the reins of everything, if okay. you know what I mean. Like, it's okay. very much, it is a Alfred, it's, a, it's an Alfred Hitchcock film. It's not, like, you know, like, I mean, that's what I'm saying, where it's, like, it's very much the director throwing everything they have into a film, right? Okay. And they have a very definitive style. They have a very definitive and you can clearly see when they've been at it. It is very clear. Nobody else gets any input. No, it's all them. I normally hate that in mm-hmm. terms of, I, I always, like we were told even there to say, filmmaking is the collaborative experience. It yeah. is meant to be, you know, everyone working together on the one thing. And for this, it very much is, but it is very much still the clear vision of one person. And that is a man named Robert Eggers. Now, basically, Robert Eggers, he made two films so far. He has made... The Witch, and he has made The Lighthouse. Now, The Witch is... You know me. I hate horror. I hate being scared. I genuinely Mm. just can't stand it. The Witch and The Lighthouse are technically horror films. Like, The Lighthouse less so. The Lighthouse is more just a a drug trip. But The (laughs) the Witch, in particular, is a genuinely terrifying, but it is in the perfect way of just, like, unsettled. And it's atmosphere. The music in it, you get big shots of forests and everything and you know something bad is going to happen you just don't know what and it has like the one thing with Robert Eggers is he loves his period accuracy for both the witch for instance they use the, it's basically a Puritan family like you know the pilgrim hats and everything they yeah. speak in whatever like sort of voodoo language yeah, they speak exactly in. yeah and like they use I'm pretty sure he uses mostly just natural light oh, good. and all this sort of Ooh. stuff and basically it just sets up this very uncomfortable very unnatural there's some very freakish imagery in it like there's certain like just uncanny stuff and it just it unsettles you deeply but in the coolest of ways where I it's a film I generally go back and watch a Mm. lot like if I need to be freaked out (laughs) (laughs) The Lighthouse I was told to watch The Lighthouse it's on Netflix at the moment I'm pretty sure The Witch might be as well but The Lighthouse one of the single most insane movies I have ever seen in my life it is basically just Robert Pattinson, who I mentioned earlier, mm. and Willem Dafoe. And they are just two guys who are meant to maintain a lighthouse, and it is them going slowly insane. Now, oh, my God. Uh, it's basically like uh, <laughs> our uh, mutual friend, uh, Fiona O'Leary, he has the tattoo of um, Willem Dafoe's face on his arm. Does he? From the lighthouse. And, like, 
Willem, this is Willem Dafoe's best performance. Mm. And this is the guy who did the Green Goblin. Like, is in he is somehow oh, he is insane in this movie. He is just off the rails in terms of because you don't know whether he's crazy or whether he's completely sane and he's messing with the guy. And like, I had to watch this film twice to understand the story. Oh, I like films like that. And it's like, it's just, it is another one where it is just atmosphere. It is terrifying imagery. It is just unsettling stuff. There's this whole thing with just like, it's a very slimy movie. (laughs) It's a very gross sort of movie at parts and that. And like, it just, as I said, it just shows these two men going insane and just hating one another. There's a weird amount of fart jokes in it. Like, it's it's very, very good. And it's also very period accurate, very much like, you know, um, language. And like, there's this one, um, what would be called like a monologue or soliloquy basically this one speech that Willem Dafoe makes which just sends chills down my spine every time for how I don't know scary but powerful it is like he's basically like saying sit, like was it let Neptune smite you down and like just like all these things it's very very good but I'm not talking about either of these films the guy is making a third film and it is called The Northman and The okay. Northman is looking like his most ambitious film to date because okay. it is very much the first two Especially the lighthouse. The lighthouse is four by three and it's black and white sort of thing. This is a full-on movie movie in terms of like aspect ratio and it's very. It, it, it fits the screen. Shock. Exactly. It's not in a four by three ratio. Whoa. Twenty-first exactly. century shit here. And it fits the screen. It is another period sort of piece, and this one is set with Vikings. Okay. And it is going to basically be like the trailer basically illustrates what it is. Is um, there's a king who's played by Ethan Hawke. His son witnesses him get murdered, mm. and the son runs away. And the I think it's something along the lines of like the one saying that is said throughout the whole trailer is basically this: because the kid runs off, and he basically wants he swears revenge mm. to come back. And to uh, it says something like it's like avenge father, save mother, kill Fiona, who's like the guy who killed the father. Mm. It looks unbelievable, like the scale of it, just like. It looks very, like, I don't know, as I said, like, everything feels like something out at a time. Like, it's mm. in, like, the way, like, they have their, like, costume. The costumes are insane. The landscapes are beautiful. Like, there's action in it. Like, the, the, he's going around with axes and throwing spears and everything like that. Mm. And it just has that same foreboding sense of dread. There's a pounding drum and, like, there's, like... It's, you can always feel there's something coming. There's something coming. And it's one of those films where it's, like, I will go just because it's directed by Robert Eggers. Like That's it, how you know he does good work. That's how you know he does good work. And it's, like, it feels so different, but so him at the same time. And, yes. like, it looks, like, as I said, I love a good... It's not even that it's necessarily a simple story, but it is. It's, like, going to literally... has his three motives, as I said, yeah. Like, yeah, avenge father, save mother, kill Fiona. That's his list for, for this whole film and that. And, like... He's played by, I think it's Alexander Skarsgård. He's real muscly and just like, like basically, it, it looks like it's going all in with the Norse stuff and okay. all in with everything. Willem Dafoe appears in that one stage as well. I'm very excited for that. But um, I'm just going to leave it at that where it's just like, this is one of those films where it's like, I am just so unbelievably excited about it, yet I know very little about it. And that Ooh. is going in, not necessarily going in blind, but going in only having those three lines, basically. <laughs> and that is the whole plot so far. Well, I'm just that is good it's gonna be good I think that is exciting so last let me see what what else is coming out this season I'm only looking at my own Netflix feed <laughs> Netflix have announced they are remaking Top Boy now I don't know if I'm gonna be as, as big into it what's because that? Top Boy is it's what it is right there's mm-hmm. there's a genre of movie that have come out in the past five years that have been inner East London grime like 
and it's just like drug crimes and yeah. it's just like people just using roadman slang and it's mediocre stories. Yeah. Top Boy has been the only one to do it well because oh. they did it first. Now, I actually, okay. well, I'll put my hands up and say I rock, watched it wrong. Yeah. Netflix continued it. It had an original series that was obviously on BBC or something about five years before. Yeah. Never watched it. So there's a lot of plot holes for me, but I, I pieced them through. <laughs> I and it had, I you watched it had, Umbrella Academy backwards, you told me. I watched Umbrella Academy backwards, yeah. So <laughs> you can do anything. <laughs> it only had one season. Season two was coming on the 18th of March. Yeah. But it's about, base, it's about... Uh, leads a gang of ties new supplier. It's just about drug drug crimes in London, inner city London, ah, and you. just a storyline follows it. Mm-hmm. And it's very gripping TV. It's very gripping. It's great telly. It's got it's great telly. It's got a brilliant soundtrack, but it has done the same thing where it's been so long since we've had the last season. We've all forgot it. Mm-hmm. There's been so many. Like remakes, there's so many bad films that have been made. Like yeah. no- Noel, something is his name. He makes really bad films. He makes <laughs> he makes shit films, and they're like, oh, Brotherhood, Inner London, just generic. Like as you expect, yeah. Somebody gets killed, you go for revenge. We come for the gang. The gang kill me. Roll the credits. Mm-hmm. There's been so many reboots, remakes, rehashes. Every person under the sun now TV, Netflix, Amazon, they've all made their own versions of Top Boy. But now the original is coming back, and I don't know if it'll live up to the hype because I think it's just oversaturated. Like, I am not excited for it. I and I only, ent- I only started watching because everyone else was, and actually I really <laughs> liked it at the time, but I'm not even excited for it. Yeah. TV this year is a 50-50 because of, I think, the impact of, like, the pandemic and interruptions in filming yeah. is really having a knock-on effect for this year because there's... Last, last year was actually good for TV, but it was only like half seasons we got. I and you. I think studios are now trying to get back to full filming. They're trying to get back to full productions. And I just think there's not enough turnaround to get anything in in 2022. I think next year is when we're going to get the good, good stuff back. Yeah. We're getting kind of stuff that was half hour slopped together in between lockdowns. You yeah. see, you know, it's just, it's, <laughs> there's stuff coming out that it, like, it should be good. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't strike to me like it will be. It just, I just don't think it'll land. I just don't, like I've gone through. Yeah. I just don't think it'll land. Like, it, it's the line of duty effect where you make too much of it and it just la- it goes. It goes and just... Yeah, or you give too long of a break between your stuff and it goes. And people just forget what happens in the first one. I, this is quite an unusual turnout for me in terms of TV when I'm saying it's all shit. I mean, like... Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing. There's not... Like, I'm looking and I'm really trying, but the honest answer is nothing here is going to be good. I just don't think it'll hit. Is this the year that something like surprising pops up out of nowhere? I really this hope is the it year is. that that's really hope it is. Up. I really hope we get like a brand new type of TV show. It'll happen around the summer, but like yeah. everything that's coming up is just a continuation of a season. There's like I know we have Ricky Gervais with Afterlife coming out. That's going to be good. That's a standard procedure one. But there's yeah. nothing that's going to push the boat I that you're you. going to think is going to be great. There's nothing on the horizon unless we get some sort of a slap bang surprise. TV is not going great. All I'm doing right now is re- re-watching old stuff. I'm going back. I'm re-watching. Mm-hmm. So, like, that goes to show where we're at. I mean, it's... it's my News report from this side of the desk. It's all gone to shit! <laughs> it's all gone to shit! <laughs> well, I'll try and boost the mood a bit with um, <laughs> that film I was on about earlier. I wanted to save it just because I might go on a little bit of a ramble now for a few of okay. them. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. So... Multiple parts... So basically what this okay. is, is the sequel to, like, I've always said, like, Wally is one of my favorite animated movies of all time. Mm. This is, like, Enter the Spider-Verse, or no, it's called, yeah, Into the Spider-Verse. I watched that movie! 
this is the sequel for that. Into the Spider-Verse is the single best piece of animation I have ever seen in my life. Mm. Very much like, I saw that in cinemas like multiple times just because I was blown away just by like the sheer effort that goes into how it looks. But mm. then also the fact that the story was good. The fact that the characters, even though there was multiple characters in it, I was engrossed, I was engaged. It is the best Spider-Man movie ever made, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> Big asterisks there, in James's opinion. In please, nobody, opinion. <laughs> please nobody send for us. Exactly, yeah. No, like, I think that's a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's very much agreed universally to be I, wa- I even watched it, I thought that was great. And this is the sequel. And not okay. only is it the sequel, it is part one of the sequel. Yeah, that I, is what I didn't get, the part one. That's... I never like it when a movie gets split into two. I mm. just never do. Even with stuff like Endgame and Infinity War, I understood why they did it. I didn't want it to really be done. I'd rather one movie. Um, I'm really excited for this simply because it means that I'm guaranteed another one. Yeah. You know, you are guaranteed you're going to get another one. Because, like, so the first one came out in 2018. This one's coming out in 2022. It's been one I've been waiting for for ages. The thing that hooks me immediately, besides the fact, like, obviously I'm attached to the characters and everything like that, and I've always wanted to see another one because of the animation and everything like that. It's, like, it is literally S tier in every sense of the word. Mm. This is going in a different direction. Like, in the first one, all these alternate Spider-Men came to Miles, like, Miles Morales, the main character, came to his dimension. In this one... They are going to multiple universes across okay. the Spider-Verse. Okay. Oh, the title. Oh, my God. <laughs> Part one. Um, the one thing with it that was promised, which is so exciting, if you watch it, it's one of the best movie trailers I've seen in ages. There is going to be a different art style in every single universe. Ooh. Because, like, already, like, the basic ad, like the basic art style of the first one was enough for me already. Mm. They had a glimpse of him going into basically just a universe, Spider-Man 2099. Uh, which is the future, basically, and it has different arts. It is fucking gorgeous. It is mind-blowing. It is basically going to be multiple, like, of it's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse squared. It is that <laughs> piled on. It's everything I love, just multiple of. Like, it's it looks so amazing, and the fact that it's a part one has me really excited for what a part two could be. It obviously sets up an endgame level event and all that sort of stuff. And... I think one of the reasons as well I'm excited for it so much, you might have seen me talk a lot either on Twitter or in my speedrunning episode, Mitchells versus the Machines was one of my favorite movies of last year, right? Mm. It is basically made by the same studio, and it is the same sort of visionaries. So there's Phil Lord and Chris Miller. They have made basically all of my favorite animated movies of all time. They are the Cloudy Witch Ants Meatballs guys. Mm-hmm. They made Mitchells versus the Machines. They have made... Spider-Verse, like, mm. it is just... Oh, and they made the Lego movie. <laughs> made certified. Certified, exactly. Like, they have made so many unbelievable leaps and bounds in animation and in animated storytelling. They are very much fighting for the fact that animation isn't a genre, it is a medium. You can yeah. have any version, like, it's always locked away. Like, I always find it a shame when it's stuff like, they will never, like, be nominated for a Best Picture, despite the fact it is literally just not live action, you know? Like there is it's no- still it's still art. Yeah, that's the thing. And it, like, if you could argue it's harder because you can't just pick a set. Exactly. You have to build the thing. You have to draw it all out and it takes time. And even with this one, how they mess with frame rates and everything, you see like how it's jumpy and everything like that. Yeah. Like it looks like a comic book. It's like this is going to be an amazing film. I'm like it's not even that it might be. It is going to be an amazing film, judging okay. for or from their like track record and stuff. And I'm just so unbelievably excited for it. Um to sort of jump on to, like I said, I'm going not, on, oh. not to play devil's advocate, actually, before oh, yeah, we go, do. the fact that it's a part one out of two, mm-hmm. does that worry you that they're going to spend the whole first part just building to the second part? So you're going to be, does it worry you that you might be watching just an elongated cliffhanger? I normally hate 
part ones. I, I even like stuff like Deadly Hallows. I, I haven't seen the part one in ages, but I watched part two mm. every Christmas and stuff. Um, that does worry me. Mm. But the way I'm looking at it is I. So there's obviously the Spider-Verse comic book event, which is basically hundreds of versions of Spider-Man, I'd say, like just all in the one thing. So what my hope is, is the fact that they might have like they might have said something like okay we can only fit so many universes into this one movie let's okay. save a bunch for the next one okay and it's gonna continue sort of into one massive long story and then at the end have like a massive end game style battle or something like okay, that okay okay that'd be my hopes anyways okay but I we, did, re- we remain optimistic uh, but like even the batman which is my most anticipated film of all time i'm still nervous about that despite everything looking amazing for that mm-hmm. this film is just a like it's a ray of sunshine in this big dark gloomy cloud of a year so far and i'm just I'm literally, as I said, I am just going and saying this is going to be great. This is something to be excited for because you need something like that in most years of film because normally, as I said, I'm even like to like look at another animated film that's coming out this year that we'll probably get a trailer for tonight because the Nintendo Direct's on in a couple of hours. They're making a Mario movie. Mm. And the thing is, it's mm. Illumination. The Minion people. Oh. And the real issue is, did you see the cast? No. Let me do a quick search. The cast, I was... I'll be honest with you, James. This is not giving me great hope. If you see who plays Mario, you will have even less hope because I watched the Nintendo Direct reveal for this, for the cast, on the bus. I was howling like a hyena. I didn't care if people were around me. I was laughing my ass off. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is playing Mario and he has already said he is not using an Italian accent. He is using... His own special voice. It's just going to be Chris Pratt's voice. <laughs> so, Wait, so we've got... We've I will got, say... We've got Jack Black, Charlie Day, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen is playing Donkey Kong. Oh, Christ. We're going to have Pineapple Express so Donkey Kong. It's, it, I will say, oh. Charlie Day is inspired casting, in my opinion, for Luigi. I feel yeah, like that could Charlie be Charlie Day funny. is Luigi. Jack Black, Jack Jack Black, Black is, is Bowser. That could be fun. I think Jack Black is fun enough that he could make that work. The one issue for me, as it's mainly Chris Pratt as Mario, but the one issue besides that is the fact it is Illumination. I hate Illumination. Illumination have made one good movie, and that is Despicable Me one. <laughs> oh, and then it went so downhill after so that. So immediately they, downhill. Uh, it, it, Illumination make cringy movies. They do. They and make like, desi- when you see Illumination, like I'm running away. And it's just like oh, well, we Illumination are the definition out of all the movie production companies. They are a Facebook mom. They are. They they're invented fa- the minion meme. They are a Facebook mom. They are a meme. Like they are the definition of a Facebook mom. They are the soulless company that just shills everything. Like I mean, I'm not saying anything against the animators. The animation tends to always be beautiful, but the one thing is, it is just so. Like even all the Doctor Seuss version, like the weird version of the Grinch they have, the Lorax, which was just like not good. All these, <laughs> like they made a half hour story into like an hour and like twenty minutes or something like that, and just dragged it. It was not good. Yeah. But. It's the fact that they are the animation studio for Little Timmy is being annoying today. Let's take him to see a film. And Oh my God, yeah. It's a rainy day. The child won't shut up. It is that level. And it's the fact that it's Mario. And like even just something as simple as like Charles Martinet. He's the voice of Mario for like since the beginning. Like mm. he has voiced Mario in every game that he has had a voice in. Yeah. I mean, I know Mario is obviously very stereotypical Italian and everything like that. And obviously he's a goofy voice and everything like that. The fact that they robbed the man whose entire life was dedicated to Mario, of voicing Mario, despite that being his only For some job. fella who does a sick, who does Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah. Like, just this like, doesn't seem, do you know who the director is? The same guy who made Teen Titans Go. Nothing about this seems like it's going to be cohesive. I just, think it's going to be some sort of, bl- they're going to try and reinvent the wheel and yeah. it's going to go so bad. And it's just, 
uh, I'm just I'm not looking forward for it at all. Besides the fact, like it's not like I'm going in wanting it to be bad. I'm going in expecting it to be bad. <laughs> I, It'll be one you laugh at. Exactly. If it can be at least funny or at least mm. self-aware, so I'm a fan of Mario. I like the games. I, Mario Odyssey. That's one of my favorite games of all time and stuff. It's just the fact that there's. This is like the second ever Mario movie because the first, like, I mean, I, there was probably like other ones in Japan and stuff like that. But like, this is the second mainstream Mario movie. The first one was the live action one, which everyone hates. Mm. But this one had like the fact they were using animation. That would have been the perfect opportunity to obviously imagine if they got like I know I don't know if DreamWorks is still around. Imagine if they got DreamWorks. Oh, DreamWorks gone under. I know that. Beckett, they made the oh, best. I, I I hate to break the news to you as well. Illumination are making the new Shrek. You're having a laugh. I'm not. And like the funny thing is they haven't actually like they have the rights apparently or something. And like they're oh gonna reboot god. them or something. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. And, and they're not g- they're not gonna put what's your man is Shrek. They're gonna have some fucking random Donny doing it. Exactly. They're not gonna have my Oh like leave it alone. Even Every DreamWorks s- fucked it up when they dropped the fourth film. Leave it alone. Every Leave s- it alone. Oh. Every and you know one thing as well? What? I know full well it's gonna end with Shrek TikTok dancing. Oh, <laughs> oh no! They're gonna make a modern. They're Shrek. gonna it's make gonna a modern so Shrek. Bad. Like Shrek the Third was like wow. where it should have stopped. That fourth film was just a clusterfuck. I will say I agree. I I think the third film was the clusterfuck, and the fourth. What film happened was. to the third film again? Shrek the Third is a third, but um, it's like the third one was um King Arthur and stuff, and there was a wizard and that. The, oh the Shrek yeah. babies, stuff like that. It was sh- that one was just borderline acceptable. That. The Shrek, Shrek, Shrek 1, mm-hmm. goated. Shrek 2, nice na- nice follow-along, masterpiece. Shrek 3, f- classic big, big movie on a Saturday night. Shrek 4, trash. <laughs> trash. Utter shit. I will- trash. <laughs> trash. I'm not going to argue for Shrek Forever After. I quite like it, but like... It's the worst thing. I I remember going into it going, this is utter shit. It, they go in order of how they released. Yeah. And the, I, was, I will go to the grave on that. That's, that's perfectly respectable. Oh, but, um, man. To move on then... Um, actually, let's talk about another animated film just while I'm here. Like, does it, I'll just rattle these ones off. Mm. Pinocchio. Okay. There are, are we remaking so many movies that were never wrong no, in the first place? Listen to me. There are four Pinocchios coming out this year. What? Four. Why? <laughs> there's, what? I, I don't exactly. A film that was made in 1940 is coming back so there's, 80 years later. So there is, I'll tell you one thing as well. I'm only excited for one of them. So there, first we have the Disney live action remake. Because of course it has to be fucking live action remake. Oh. And it's going to be uh, Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Um, and like it's going to be a Pinocchio movie. Next one. Lionsgate released a trailer recently for the shittest looking animated Pinocchio movie I've ever seen in my life. I've seen the live action one here. The voice actor is feckin' hilarious in terms of it just, it's gonna be so bad. A mesmerizingly creepy live action retelling and where's the the, uh, animated one? Let me get Lionsgate. I don't, like, oh my god. If you want to actually try and play, I don't know. Oh! (laughs) Holy Christ, this looks like... This looks like the Bollywood version you find in a bad stream. Can you do me a favor and play the trailer and just wait? Play it on the PC. It'll come through the recording. That's good. Get the. It'll come because we have the fancy studio. We can play everything through the speakers. I want to see your reaction to the voice. James's TV audience for what for what you're and it's not TV either. We have the whole system. We have the whole system in here, so we can. You'll hear what I hear at the same time. We can fade it in. We can have levels, so it doesn't even have to be edited. You can hear my live reaction as this goes. Okay. We're gonna play the live. Oh, <laughs> no, I no. can see it so already see from the side of the desk. Face. 
this I just, I'm gonna oh, the second result below it is a meme version. I'm gonna just like we'll watch. I don't know how oh, the hello, audio. Oh, darlings. We have a show. Oh, you have a oh, show. What time is it? Oh, sorry, you yeah, do. My time show at seven. Oh yeah. Oh, we're okay. after biting into someone's time. Oh god, sorry about that. No, well, wait, what time was your show at? Oh, there was no show. We're recording a podcast. <laughs> so, oh, take us say hello, guys. Hi. We might have to cut back to the queue for new bar. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it the ball insane. tonight. I oh, know, I really want to go. Yeah, sorry. I'm not going. I'm going home. We'll hang up here now, and we'll sorry. get. No, it's gonna be great. We'll touch base back remotely. Yeah, we'll touch base back remotely, okay, and we'll guys, figure. We're gonna go pee. You guys finish up, okay? All right. I'll tell you what. We'll cut. We'll cut it off here in terms. Of, I. I'll have just one. We're after cutting into some studio time. We've yeah. been here for so long. I just want. We just. We just said we'd take we Adam yeah. and Connor's time. Oh yeah, no worries. Sorry about that. Oh yeah. Right. I just want. I want you to hear this voice. I'm sorry. I just. There you go. Now, what should we name you? Maybe Just Leonardo. Just prepare yourself for no, this. He okay. He's Your to... name will be Pinocchio. All right, Lionsgate, here we go. Father, when can I leave to be on my own? Special, Pinocchio. The world is full of Just. Father, I want it's, to go on it's my own. Generic American voice. Yeah, but we're not going with that one. The oh. one I'm talking about that I'm really looking forward for, Guillermo del Toro is making a stop-motion, scary, Pino or freaky Pinocchio in terms of... Because Pinocchio, if you read the actual base material of it, he gets hanged. Like, it's in, like, it's oh very... It, it, it was originally, by the author, it was a, meant to scare little children into being good. It like, was meant to scare them. And basically, that's what this is going to be. It's going to be a creepy, stop-motion, uncanny, freaky version of the, like, dark Pinocchio. So I'm really looking forward for that. I'm going to rush here just for these last couple of ones. Um, we have, uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, just um, there was a few ones where they're going to be coming out, like Marvel movies. So Doctor Strange 2, Thor, Love and Thunder. They're, it's very much with Marvel. I'm no longer attached to Marvel. I loved No Way Home, but I just, as I said, I'm going to see these just because I like the characters and that. The trailers do look promising. There's a lot of rumors for Doctor Strange 2. It's going to pull in all stuff like the old X-Men actors and the old Fantastic Four and all these different characters. I'm worried it's going to just focus on nostalgia bait for the entire time. So that's... Quite a problem. Thor 4, Thor Love and Thunder. Thor Ragnarok is one of the best Marvel movies of all time. It's one of the best comedies I've ever seen. Mm. I watched it again recently. It's brilliant. It's really, really good. I really hope that's going to be good because it has such a definitive style that breaks away from all these standard Marvel movies and that. So I hope that's good. Top Gun Maverick. That I only watched Top Gun for the first time, I think it was 2019. Mm. It is one of those like nostalgic movies that is as good as people say it is. Oh, like, it's a solid. Like it is unbelievably good. Like I remember hits every time. I didn't expect it to be good when I first watched it because I thought it would just be, oh no, it's just big famous movie. It is really, really good. This is going to be a sequel. I'm worried it's gonna just be a load of nostalgia bait, though. I will say, whilst it is nostalgia bait, hearing that music again. Just, I'm really excited for it. I'm not that partial to Tom Cruise, but I'm really excited for this movie. If it can, it looks like it's just going to rehash everything. It well, looks, it ain't broke, don't but like, it. as I said, if they can somehow capture the magic of that original, I will not mind at all. The girls are yeah. back. We're still taking their time. Right. We'll just cut it off here. Sorry for that. Now. Completely didn't. No, your grants. Sorry. I had no, I had no idea. Hi guys, uh, so we, we were kicked out of the studio, rightfully so, because we were accidentally invading on someone else's showtime. Uh, listen to any tunes on DCUFM if you'd like to. 
but we've been banished to the cold out in the fucking courtyard here yeah <laughs> so for the first face-to-face -face, like deleted scenes that went pretty well i think it was well as it could do right as, as well we as got, when we got kicked out of the i room, mean like, like Pinocchio is a bad omen. <laughs> that Pinocchio yeah. in particular is a bad omen for yeah. this sort of stuff. That's that's what did it. If you hadn't opened that up, they wouldn't have. They would have forgot they had a show and it would have been empty. It would have been fine. I hope they play Pinocchio on the radio by accident. I, really <laughs> I feel like I, I feel don't. like I teed that up for them. But uh, yeah, no, this was uh, the latest episode of deleted scenes. I hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, the hope will be now to get back into weekly or at least fortnightly if I'm lucky. So um, hopefully I will see you all next week. And uh, thanks again to Jack for being on deleted scenes no again. Pro no problem at all. And. Uh, Sure, we'll talk to you next time. So I guess roll that outro music.